0: It's Friday night. And that means it's time for the Three Valleys Radio Racing Show. On the show tonight, we've got all our usual guests. We'll have a look back on the Royal Ascot meeting... And we'll have an extract from one of our In Conversation shows. Welcome to another edition of The Racing Show here on Three Valleys Radio. I'm A.D. Hopper, I'm here to take you through the show, and we will start off, as we usually do, with all the news. From
1: Mike Patton. Hello, and a very warm welcome along to this week's edition of the Racing News, with all the news that is the news from the racing media, which includes Racing TV, The Racing Post, and the sporting life. I'm Mike Patton, and here's this week's first story. Holly Doyle recorded the biggest success of her career as Nashua landed the Prix de Diane at Chantilly on Sunday. Third in the Oaks at Epsom, the John and Thady Gosden trained Raider had a prominent pitch throughout under Doyle and kept on gamely. To repel the fast finishing La Parisienne with Rosa Sia across the line in third. Bred by owner Imad Al Sagar, Nashua made her debut at Newmarket in October and finished third before winning at Haydock and then struck in a listed contest at Newbury in May. Connections were concerned about her stamina for the Oaks, but went for gold, and she lost little in defeat, finishing a fine third. Back down in trip for the French equivalent, Nashua travelled powerfully, and Doyle was able to steal a narrow victory. Doyle, retained by Alcegar, has quickly become one of the weighing room's most prolific operators and partnered 116 winners in 2019, which is more than any other female rider had managed in Britain. She bettered that with 151 in 2020 and took her tally to 172 last year while that period has also included Group 1 triumphs on Glen Shiel and True Shan. The 25-year-old, whose husband Tom Markhand also rode in the Diana board Zelly, was third in the 2020 BBC Sports Personality of the Year, which came months after a famous five-timer at Windsor. A first classic will rank right alongside those achievements, and Doyle's mount is 20-1 to 1 from 25, with Betfair and Paddy Power for October's Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe. And next, here on the Racing News For all the talk of international super sprinters blitzing their way to more glory at Royal Ascot it was two horses who are making a habit of fighting at finishes at this meeting who ended up in the photograph for first place. On the far side it was William Buick and Creative Force, winner of the Champions Sprint Stakes on British Champions Day, while it was his James Doyle ridden stablemate Naval Crown, who had powered clear on the stands rail. It had been the same last year when the pair fought out the finish to the Jersey State but this time, Naval Crown was the horse to get the prize by a neck from creative force. Anyone who had witnessed the pair gallop at Godolphin's private facility in the build up to the race, however, would not have been surprised by the narrow margin between the two. Winning trainer Charlie Appleby said, William rode in a piece of work involving the two of them the other day and he came back and said, Charlie I'm going to have to have a job splitting them. There really wasn't a lot between them at home. I said to James to try and keep on the coattails of the others if you can because he's going to be running on at the finish. He was placed in the 2000 guineas and in the jersey stakes over further than this. One thing Naval Crown had coming into this race was that he was still learning to sprint and he'd only done it once before in his life when he ran in Dubai last time. It's a stiff six here, so that was going to help. I thought Creative Force ran a blinder from his draw. If it had been an easy ground, I'd have put Creative Force right in the mix as he's been there and done it in the top races whereas Naval Crown is just coming through the sprinting division. The victory was not the first time Naval Crown had surprised Appleby, who confessed the four-year-old had accidentally missed the cut when the horses in his yard were put forward for gelding over the winter. And next, here on the racing news. Now Royal Ascot has come to a close, and our experts have selected eight horses who should be kept on side after their runs in defeat at the Royal Meeting. First up is Tan Morwy, 18th in the Buckingham Palace Stakes on Thursday. James Byrne, our Lambourne correspondent, says, Way better than he showed in Thursday's Buckingham Palace, he should be of interest in all the major six furlong handicaps for the rest of the season. A keen going sort, the four-year-old is unbeaten in three over that distance and was probably being targeted at the Wokingham on Saturday, but would not have got in, so ended up over a furlong further that did not suit as Tamori hit the front one out before weakening in the final furlong but he is still a horse to keep on side and remains unexposed after just five outings the next pick is Halaala Athmani 7th in the Commonwealth Cup on Friday. Jack Hayes, a reporter, says, This Kevin Ryan-trained filly shaped encouragingly on just her third start and first outing this season when stepping up to top-level company in the Commonwealth Cup. Hala, Hala Athmani, a half-sister to the Stables' former dual top-level winner Hello Yume Zane, was an 80-1 to shot and never threatened the principals, but nonetheless caught the eye in the 7th under William Buick and should be very competitive against her own sex this term. Stable mate Booney ran well for a long way too and will be suited by a return to five furlong. And our next pick is Miramar, fifth in the Commonwealth Cup on Friday. Peter Scargill, our reporter, says, reaction to the Commonwealth Cup was, rightly, all about the brilliance of perfect power who put up one of the performances of the week in winning the race. He will go on to achieve yet more success this season. But I expect the same can be said of Miramar, who impressed in the paddock before the race and vastly outran her odds of 125 to 1 to finish fifth under Ronan Thomas. She looks a useful filly to keep an eye on back in France, with a bit of give underfoot, or perhaps in something like the Goldene Peche in Germany later in the year. Next up is Chief of Chiefs, who was fourth in the Buckingham Palace stakes on Thursday. Harry Wilson, our reporter, says. The winner of the only running of the Silver Wokingham in 2020, the Charles Fellows-trained nine-year-old looked unlucky not to add another role-meeting success to his CV, and will definitely be a force in big field handicaps later in the season. Chief of Chief, who likes to be held off a strong pace, couldn't make a sustained challenge until he entered the final furlong after being stuck behind a wall of horses and was challenged on the opposite side from where he was drawn in stall 25. With his versatility regarding trip, and ground, he looks certain to win off his current mark with the Stewards' Cup or Rare Gold Cup potential targets later in the season. Next up, we'll look at Grand Alliance, who was second in the King Edward VII stakes on Friday. And this story is from Jonathan Harding, our reporter. He'll have his day... It's just not today, said Charlie Fellows, after Grand Alliance was denied by the narrowest of margins on Friday. Everything seemed to go wrong for the three-year-old. He broke slowly under informed jockey Danny Tudhope and was forced to race wide, but still cruised into contention and had every chance with two furlongs to go, only to hang badly left and miss out by a short head. The fact that he was able to get so close to a relentless galloper-like changing of the guard, who looks very interesting for the St. Ledger 13 days after running in the Derby, shows he has the talent to go with this tough constitution and there could be some big days ahead of him. And our next horse to look at is Rocket Rodney. He was second in the Windsor Castle Stakes on Wednesday. Lewis Porterhouse is the reporter. It's quite easy to argue that Windsor Castle Stakes winner Little Big Bear should have been running in the Group 2 Coventry Stakes and looks an above-average winner of the listed race he did contest. So the fact Rocket Rodney got to within a neck of the winner having made his run towards the stand’s side bodes well for the future. While Little Big Bear will stay six furlongs no problem, Rocket Rodney is all speed, and, having already won impressively at Goodwood, looks tailor-made for the Group 3 Malcolm Stakes back at Goodwood at the end of July. Next up is Stowell. Six in the Copper Horse Stakes on Tuesday. And our report comes from David Jennings, the Deputy Island Editor. It is hard to believe Stowell finished only six in the Copper Horse Stakes on Tuesday, given he traded at a low 1 to 3 to win the race on Betfair. Perhaps he just didn't stay and needs to return to a mile and a half. But he made up a huge amount of ground in a very short space of time early in the home straight. And I'd definitely be willing to give him another go over the trip. He was forced very wide approaching the final bend. And and Frankie Dettori had to make his move when he did. I have a feeling Stowall accelerated quicker than Dettori has anticipated and he found himself in front over a furlong out. He used up too much energy to get there and got tired. I'd love to see him being aimed at the ebor and at this early stage He's the one I'd have in mind for that valuable pot. Next up is Cresta, fourth at the Hampton Court Stakes on Thursday. There have probably been better Hampton Court Stakes than this in years gone by, but I feel the form may go a tad underrated, and in particular the fourth-place finisher caught my eye when producing some noteworthy sectionals. He changed hands for £490,000 at the pre-ascot sale on Monday, but his new owner must have had a bit of a scare when he was slowly away and out the back. He did this throughout his juvenile season, but not on his two starts this campaign, so I would give him the benefit of the doubt next time. But keenness has been an issue, and it was apparent again. It cost him any chance again, ultimately. While he did plenty wrong, his finish, albeit in a slowly run race, was particularly impressive. He was pushed along on the turn, looked well beaten, but got the hang of it by the two furlong pole and powered home to snatch fourth. His sectional from the two to the post of 23.43 seconds was the best recorded on Wednesday and Thursday, which isn't bad for a 10 furlong horse rated 104. If connections can get him to switch off, then there's a big race in him and he could be overpriced. For it. And our next story... on the Racing News. We all dream of going through the card as punters and for one customer with William Hill it became a reality at Royal Ascot on Friday scooping over £300,000 from a £2.50 each way accumulator. The odds of the 7 leg bet totaled 122,889 to 1 with the customer's biggest price winner coming in the final leg courtesy of 9 to 1 shot Latin lover who returned a 5 to 1 chance and the Palace of Holyrood House stake, King Edward 7th stake scorer, Changing of the Guard would have made the punter most nervous, prevailing by just a short head in the penultimate race, and the bet was placed in a shop in Watford. The winning selections were: Meditate at 4 to 1, Perfect Power at 4 to 1, Candleford at 13 to 2, uh, Inspiral a 10 to 3 favorite, Heredia 9 to 2 favorite, Changing of the Guard was a 7 to 4 favorite, and Latin Lover 9 to 1, which gave a £2.50 each way accumulator a winning total of £307,464 and two pence. Tony Kenny, William Hill spokesperson said, Many of our customers try going through the card at the bigger meetings like Royal Ascot or Cheltenham, but few manage it. And with a headline of £20,000 bet placed on Platinum Jubilee Hope, Here's our final story here on the Racing News. Star Sports have laid a £10,000 each-way wager on 16-to-1 shot Highfield Princess in the Platinum Jubilee Stakes. The John Quinn-trained mare has won her last two starts, including the Group 2 1895 Duke of York Clipper Logistics Stakes on the Knavesmire last time, and landed the Buckingham Palace Stakes at over seven furlongs at this meeting last year. 5 to two favorite home affairs is an anti-post loser with Star Sport, but had attracted not much support on Race Day prior to 1:30 pm. Ed Dark, senior trader for Star Sports, said, It was a tough day yesterday, but hopefully we can end the meeting on the right note. He continued. We've laid £10,000 each way on Highfield Princess in the Platinum Jubilee, and a double of Alfred Munnings in the Chesham and Hurricane Lane in the Hardwick is proving popular with our favourite backers. Alfred Munnings is certainly a horse we hope gets beat and missed the cut favourite for the Golden Gates, is one of the best-backed in the handicaps with us. A £5,000 each-way bet on 16-1 to 1 Chesham Chance Faisal Road has been struck with the firm and Al an 8-1 to 1 shot in the jersey, has been laid for £12,000. You've been listening to this week's edition of the Racing News with all the news that is the news from the racing media, including Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. Join us again next time. I'm Mike Padden, and thanks for listening.
0: Well, that was Mike Padden with all the racing news from the racing media. And now, shall we have a look and see where we can all go racing this weekend? Right, we'll start with seven races on the flat at Newmarket on the July course, and a one o'clock start. Eight races on the flat at Newcastle on the All Weather, with a one fifteen start. Seven races on the flat at Windsor, with a one forty start. Seven races on the flat at Chester, 1.55 start. Four races on the flat at the Curra in Ireland with a 2 o'clock start. Seven races on the flat at Linkfield on the All Weather with a 5.45 start. And seven races on the flat at Doncaster with a 6 o'clock start. And on Sunday there are four meetings with seven races over the jumps at Utoxeter with a one thirty start, eight races on the flat at the Currah with a one forty start, seven races on the flat at Windsor one forty five start, and seven races over the jumps at Cartmel with a one fifty start. Well, as regular listeners will know, we try and sneak in a bit of an interview with a racing personality. And this week we go back to an interview I did recently with Joe Tizard, who was getting near the point of taking over from his father over at uh, Melbourne Port. But uh, Joe was talking to us here about his time when he was working with Paul Nichols over at Ditchit. So there you are. How old would you have been at, at Paul Nichols then? Seventeen, eighteen. I started there when I was yeah. Started there when I was sixteen,
2: and then and then worked there. Well, I I worked there for forever, like for, for ten years then, but um or rode out there at most days for ten years. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, so then I had a couple of seasons and three seasons point to point in. So a couple more seasons as an amateur at pools where I rode you know, I was riding thirty winners under rules in, in the same point to point in for, for a couple of seasons and then I won the Fox hunters for for Richard Barber at Cheltenham and then that, that spring Paul offered me the chance to turn professional and, um, you know, by that time I'd, I'd ridden, I was already a five pound claimer and, um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd ridden a lot of winners, you know, I'd ridden a lot of winners pointing and, and I think I'd ridden 45, 50 winners, um, under rules as well. So, um, so yeah, I went, went straight into it.
0: Well, I've got a list here that, courtesy of the Racing Post, um, 1989 sorry 1998-99 you had 91 winners which presumably yes, most so that... of those were for paul uh for um paul nichols then and you had total earnings of seven hundred and seven thousand. so not a bad season i wouldn't have thought
2: no it was a good season it was a great season you know i turned professional and then sort of fell into the job ended up riding riding a a lot of paul's horses and um like, it all, it all flew. I was, um, you know, I became champion conditional that, that first year and I wrote, wrote winners every Saturday on the big stage and the Cheltenham Fest, I wrote Paul, his first Cheltenham Festival winner on Flagsbury Bralas and, you know, it was
0: absolutely flying along. Was that his first winner at Cheltenham, was it? It was his first festival winner, yeah. Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. That's, well, that's quite a feather in your cap for a start, isn't it, for... Well,
2: oh. yeah, and it was like it He had yeah, three that week. You know, so Cool Lightning won the Champion Chase, and Seymour Business rode won the Cold Cup that week. But Flagship was the first one, and um, you know things were flying. We were having a great time of it.
0: Well, it kept going because I see the, the next the next season you won sixty three winners and six hundred and forty five thousand three hundred and seventy eight pound. Uh, and then the following year, 493,700. So I mean, you know, you were very consistent and, and when riding winners all all along, but I suppose to a large degree, that depends on what Mr. Nichols comes up with for you to ride.
2: Well, yes, absolutely. You know, I was, um, they were mainly like main, main of the winners were come from Paul, but you know, I had an agent Dave Roberts who was, who was getting me plenty of outside, outside winners as well. And, um, I was, I was having a good time of it, simple as that you know, I was, I was travelling the country, riding riding six days a week and, and, and making a good living out of being a
0: jockey Living the dream basically, how many, how many horses were you riding for father?
2: Well at that time Dad was just starting to pick up so, so when I turned professional I think we'd grown our point to point yard to about between 12 and 15 horses and then I turned professional and Dad sort of Did one season point to point in trying to search for jockeys and that, and he basically said, "Well, it's no fun. I was doing it for, for me to ride." Um, And so he decided to get a permit. And then, um, you know, once he got his permit, there was there were other owners' horses in the yard that were, uh, you know, that they were, you know, you've seen our horses win under rules, and they were like, "Well, our our horse could beat that in a point to point." Yeah. We could have a go under rules and sort of instead of trying to compete for a hundred, hundred and fifty quid, let's have a go for, for for a proper under rules race. So um, hmm. it just kind of grew from there. So dad was dad was was starting to get more under rules as as as, as I was getting busier under rules.
0: So I mean, going going up this list, that I'm looking at. I mean, if we if we sort of take a giant step up to say 2010, by by this stage, how far would uh, would father have got in terms of uh, you know number of horses in training that sort of thing? Uh,
2: by then, by then he would have been up to fifty. Sorry. Probably be up to fifty by then. Dan 50. Would have been by 2010. Yeah. Um. You know, it's um, it grew every year, got bigger and bigger, and then, um, you know, then we got to, well, yeah, we probably, it probably might be slightly, slightly more than that. Then, when we got to sort of, uh, certainly to 2015, he was he was up to sort of 75, 80, and then Alan Pops' horses arrived, and that sort of bumped us up another notch, and a few other big big owners that were prepared to buy one or two and. And then it went over the hundred.
0: So, looking back at all your winners, I mean, all those—I I haven't counted them all up—but there's one hell of a lot of them here. What would you say was the? Uh, well, first of all, what would you say was the best ro- horse you ever rode at that point until you until you did re- finally hang up your boots?
2: Uh, I was lucky to ride some some real good horses. You know, I, managed, I rode I rode and won on Seymour Business quite a few times. He um, he ended up. He was a Gold Cup winner. Um, mm-hmm. I I rode Flags Morales, which won two Champion Chases in Tingle Creeks and all that. He was he was a very classy horse, you know. I won the Arkle on him. Um, I'd, I'd say that Q Card was 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 the best horse I rode in my career. Um, you know, I had a long association with him, and um, you know he also changed sort of sort of. My, my future as well because because of the you know i was by the time he came along i was i was i was back riding for ruby walsh's riding all the pools so i was just riding for dad and all the other little connections i had and um he sort of took took the whole business to another level and you know, i was part of helping helping grow helping grow that grow the grow the training yard with him yeah. um you know, like I cue card come about because I used to ride for Bob Bishop who owned him for Richard Rowe. And then Bob said, Would you fancy a horse for me? And we said, Yeah, I'd love one. And um and we went to the sales and we bought cue card for him. So
0: yeah.
2: um so Bob was like he was one of my owners that I rode for and, and then came on board with the yard as well.
0: Oh right, right. But um I mean it must have been satisfying that cue card was A horse that your father trained as well, and then you know you were riding it to to big race wins. I mean, that must have been a real a real buzz, I should think, wouldn't it?
2: That's huge, isn't it? Just to do it for the do it for the family, all all with each other. It's what it's all about, and um, you know, and and it was and Kim was Kim was here as well, working hard on the yard, and it was just a big family affair. So it's um. You know, and then to have a horse that sort of takes you to the next level to to make you competitive in the against the best of the best is yeah. um is is brilliant.
0: I was I was doing again. I managed to find a little bit about you. Um, you you had a second in the King George that uh, you won. Uh, the uh Earthmover was it? That was the um the um that Cheltenham. centers. Yeah. Yeah. And was then my first one. Yeah. Um, the Arkle chase on flagship Uber rallies, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, yeah. And then also uh, you won the champion bumper in 2010 and the Ryanair chase in 2013. So, you know, you, you've got a, a, a really, really good record at, at the Cheltenham Festival. Where, you know, there must be an awful lot of jockeys out there that have, have ridden for a long time and have never had a winner at all at Cheltenham. So, I mean, that in itself is, a, is quite an achievement.
2: Yeah, no, I was, um, you know, I was, I was lucky. I got to ride some good horses. You know, I, I, rode just over seven hundred winners, and you know, I had a fantastic career at it. Um, but I also knew when I was, when I was thirty-four, I retired. I knew that, you know, I was, I was a six-foot jockey. You know, I'd have been on, I'd been. My weight was, was always hard work. Um, and I knew that it was time to sort of. Take them, take the, take retire and take the next step and, and enjoy, enjoy the training side of it. That's what I wanted to do.
0: Not to mention eating.
2: Well, then you could start eating, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I just think that that would you'd never see me anywhere near a horse because I couldn't, I could not eat and, you know, I've always had a problem with weight as well. So I can understand what that must be like. So Joe, um, what about injuries? Did you get any major injuries whilst you were riding?
2: Yeah, I, I had one major injury. Other than that, I was I was quite lucky. I did a collarbone, little bits and pieces, and the odd rib and that. But my, I had one major injury. I broke my back um, at Hereford one day, which resulted in, um, you know, I had I had uh, I had two vertebrae um, fused with a bone fusion off my hip and I had yeah. rods. You know, so I was basically had rods above and below as well, and I was. Yeah, so I was out for eleven months with that, and um, two quite major. So I had to put the rods in and to take them out, and um, you know, I a, had a bit, little bit of a bruise into the spinal cord and things. So that was that was my one major one. Um, but you know, like <laughs> typical jockey, like as long as you get away with it, never it never fazed me. You know, it was a long old, it was a long yeah. old time on the sidelines. It was a long, long road, long road back to recovery. But um, you know, it, it never deterred my. Determination to get back and start riding again.
0: And what about what about now? Is there any sort of after effects now after you know you've retired and you're not riding now, or you, well, you are riding because you're riding no, now? But no, no.
2: Touchwood like no. It's um, I don't know if I will do later in life or not. But at the moment, Touchwood is fine. You know, I might get, I might get a couple of days a year where I, where I give it a tweak or But um, but as a rule you know I, I don't even know about it i'm not very i haven't quite got as much movement in my back as i used to so i'm not very good at the, the picking up the cornflake wrapper off the floor game at christmas but <laughs> that's um about as
0: far as it gets well that was joe Tizard talking to me about his time with uh, paul Nichols over at uh, ditch it. and now it's time to do uh, a ring round to all of our uh, trainers and jockeys and we're going to start with jamie snowden up at lambourne well good morning jamie how are things with you today
3: yeah, morning, AD. Yeah, very well, thanks. How are you?
0: Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. Um, I see you've got a couple of runners on Sunday at Utoxeter. What chances have they got?
3: Uh, well, we've got two entries at Utoxeter. Uh, both both of those are actually entered in, in other races later on in the week as well. But um, College Oak and, and Rose O'Hara. So whether they go to Utoxeter or, 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 or later on in the week, we'll, we'll see. But... Um, they, uh, College 8 was, was only beaten ahead last time out down at Fosslass yeah. um, so a reproduction of that effort should see him, see him go close wherever we go mm-hmm. and, um, and Rosa Hara, she's O'Hara uh, she was second over fences earlier on the season but took a nasty fall last time out so she's on a little bit of a comeback mission having had that fall so we'll, we'll put her over hurdles to get her confidence up and um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully back over hurdles she can, uh, she can go nicely
0: and uh, is this weather related whether they run or not?
3: Um, no, just trying trying to find the right race, really. Yeah. Uh, trying yeah. to find the uh, trying to find the right race that they can go and win. That's the plan.
0: Yeah. Now tell me, as a die-hard National Hunt jockey, uh, jockey trainer, um, what did you make of Royal Ascot last week?
3: Oh, Royal Ascot was great, wasn't it? It was lovely to be back. Um, you know all the sort of pomp and ceremony that goes around it. It's um, it's wonderful. Obviously, they've had two years, one year with no one there, and, and last year was 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 restricted for. For COVID COVID reasons, obviously, mm. um, so it's nice to have it have it back to back to the normality that uh, that, that that we that we all love and know, really. So yeah. and, and and great racing.
0: And what horse caught your eye the most?
3: Um, there was a uh, which horse caught my eye the most? Well, obviously the, uh, the the winner of the first, the the highest rated horse in, in England, yeah, um, turf, turf horse in the world, I think actually, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's what they're saying, um, isn't
0: it? Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, so, so that 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 was that was wonderful, um, and um, what other what other good winners were there? Um, I suppose Archie Watson's winner. That was that was a good story. Yeah, um, yeah. From, from from the village.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And
3: um, I don't know whether whether you watch that, but Brad. Yeah, no, um, I
0: watched virtually everything. I think. <laughs> yeah,
3: one one in commentary. So, five yeah. was good. Yeah. Uh, I suppose the 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 uh, having the Aussie horse Nature Strip coming up and winning.
0: Yeah, do you know the thing that, that struck me the most though? Well, I was sat there watching it and I think it was day day four and at that point I suddenly thought, Frankie De Tori hasn't had a winner yet. And it was it was yeah, yeah, I, you, you you wouldn't have bet on that, would you?
3: You wouldn't in then obviously obviously won the coronation stakes.
0: Yeah. Um, but up until that point, got, you slightly- know, it was uh it was. I
3: suppose yeah. he, he took he took a a bit of flat from John Gosden, didn't he, on on, yeah. his, on his ride in the Gold Cup on on Stradivarius.
0: Yeah, and ironic, really, that the gap opened, but by, by that time he decided to go round. So,
3: it's um it, it's it's a it's a funny thing, race riding, isn't it? And and you know the decision you make if if it works you you look a genius, and if it doesn't, you know you can be you can be blamed for it. But um, I think. What you, Certainly it was a long time ago since I was race riding. But an interesting word words of advice I was given is, is, is ride to win, not be fit, not not in fear of losing.
0: Yeah, yeah, quite quite. That's, yeah, that's and, and
3: sometimes sometimes jockeys can take the safe route for fear of being beaten. And look and, at and, 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 and perhaps riding 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 the brave route, you know,
0: yeah with yeah. with
3: it, with the aim of winning sometimes is, is the best the best option.
0: But it seems ironic to to you know to criticize frankie de Tori when you look at his record i mean God he hasn't done much wrong over his career has he not really oh listen it's um i think
3: criticism is probably the wrong the wrong word i think um you know in hindsight it, it was probably the wrong decision but it's very easy to to look at anything with hindsight isn't it mm. but um you know these these jockeys especially on the flat it's it's split second decisions and and um it, it happened. It was the wrong, you know, the safe route was the wrong route, and perhaps the brave route would have been the successful route. But, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's tricky to be Chris Cocker.
0: No, that's right.
3: It's, it, it's always easy to be a grandstand jockey.
0: <laughs> yeah i do it all the time um <laughs> um but yeah. um you you've been sort of popping in threes and fours here i'm just looking at the list now so it's all it's all going sort of fairly steady to, at a time when you would expect it to as it's quiet for you and at the moment but uh, uh you yeah know.
3: it's really quiet isn't it it's um i i it, you spend the whole winter looking for looking forward to a a, a quiet time, and then you get to a quiet time, and you're, and
0: you're desperate to be busy then. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Funny cool. how it works. But anyway, you enjoy it, uh, Jamie, because uh, you won't get much more of it now, so uh, you'll have to start getting going again soon, won't you? Exactly, we will do. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Jamie, well, thanks for joining us. We'll, we'll speak to you next week, and um, yeah, best of luck. Great stuff. Thanks very
3: much, Eddie. All the best.
0: Thank you. Cheers for now. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. bye-bye. Well, that was Jamie Snowden there, up at uh, Lambourne, and now we're going to scoot right the way down to Devon and Cullumpton and catch up with Rod Millman. Well, good morning, Rod. Um, A fairly successful week, another winner on the on the clock, so uh, everything looking quite rosy with the i back, isn't it?
4: Yeah, they've all been running well. Um, We had a couple of near misses as well with uh, Abel Kane. He ran really well. He came back to his best. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's a good season so far. Just keep it going now.
0: Now you've got a few running on uh, Saturday because uh, because we don't uh, we wouldn't cover uh, the ones that are out today and tomorrow. Um, uh, what about Saturday? Tagline, for example.
4: Well, Tagline's going in the deep end a bit. She's going for Black Type.
0: Yeah. Now, I don't know if
4: you, if anyone knows what Black Type is. That's that's the um, that's that, that's what the very good horses. Get when they if, they if they do well in these top races in their pedigrees when the pedigrees are all printed out they call it they get printed in bold type right now if she was to win a race like this uh, she would get black type and it would enhance her value as a broodmare and anything she bred that came out of her would be uh, more valuable and also any any of her sisters. Uh, produce would also up gotten value mm. so the owners are very keen to get black type for a filly yeah. um, but consequently it's a very competitive race now prime example we've got her in a 40,000 pound race at Newmarket and there's 11, 11 runners and it's competitive mm-hmm. and Cuban Mistress is in a similar race at uh, Windsor with no black type it's still 20,000 yeah. and um, that is only three runners
1: well, so well.
4: um one of the horses, unfortunately, was uh, only fourth at Royal Ascot last week, so it's obviously she'll be hard to beat. Yeah. But uh, there's only three runners, and it's 20,000, so um, at least we'll get a payday for starting off there. And um, she was an unlucky loser the other day, so I'm hoping that she'll turn in a good
0: result. Absolutely. But, I mean, when you've got a 20,000-pound race and you've only got three runners, isn't that a bit, bit odd? I mean, what's wrong with people? Aren't they ambitious enough to have a go?
4: Well, they're they're... Well, the trouble is, they're good horses.
0: Yeah.
4: And um, you know, people if if you run a horse that's not good enough and it finishes close to them, you might have a freak, freak result, and then they end up with too high a handicap rating. Oh. And as as ninety ninety seven percent of horses are handicappers. Yeah. You know, you only you only well handicapped once. Now, my both these fillies I'm running on Saturday, well, both they will struggle to win a handicap because they'll be rated too high.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
4: And. um I say most of my horses are only handicappers, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. What is it? It says on the end of it, it's here: Irish incentive race. What does that mean? Um, I'm not sure. I, th- I think it might be if
4: you've probably there might be an extra bonus if you um, if you're Irish bred. I expect. I don't know. I don't know really. Yeah. But uh, this particular race that Kubi Mistress is in, if she should win it, there's an extra twenty thousand pounds in prize money. Mm, wow. Because she's British bred.
0: Yeah. So potentially so four, a forty thousand pound race then?
4: Yes, uh, potentially, but it's probably, mm. probably 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 uh, it's going to be hard to
0: win, you know. Yeah, no, but I mean, at least you're having a go, aren't you? So, no, and that's then, right. No, that's right. W- what about Monday? You have got Safari Dream out and Soplato on Tuesday. Have, have they got a chance?
4: Yes, that's right. Well, Sir Soplato. He's he's a step still standing. This isn't he? You know, he was he's mm. won one and was a three runs four runs there. He's had a win in two seconds and yeah. won four runs. So. But, uh, George Adobo, she rides him very well, so she rides again all being well. Mm. And um, Safari Dream he's a nice horse. This is it's he's having a prep place for the super sprint. So yeah. hopefully he was second first time out. And if he if he runs as long as he runs well, he'll go for the super sprint next.
0: So it's all it's all looking really pretty rosy for you then at the moment?
4: Uh well, you know, it's um they're running well at the moment, but they've got
0: to keep running well, that's the thing, you know? Yeah, quite. But I mean and you seem to have you said to me before, you know, you've you found yourself a, a very reliable good jockey in, in um Mr Coakley. So, um you know, that that helps I should think if you've got a you know reliable good jockey as well, regularly riding with well, he's,
4: he's a good he's a he's a good lad, Ross, you know.
0: Mm.
4: Um he he was unknown when he came over to us really, but um, you know, he's done very well, I'm very pleased
0: with him. Yeah, and he's picking up some good rides as well, apart from yours, isn't he?
4: Yeah, no, he's, he had a listed winner last week in, in Ireland. So, yeah. um, I know Ireland, sorry, in Pontefract, so that's good. No, lo- lovely lad, and hopefully the partnership will continue.
0: Um, looking back last week, uh, Royal Ascot, what did you make of it? Um, did you sort of take anything specific out of the, the races there? Or anything well, catchy? great,
4: great, great racing, great race, wasn't it, you know? Mm. Um, and, and very controversial results in some of them, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Don Gosden wasn't very impressed with his jockey in the big race but mm. <laughs>
0: these things happen you
4: know
0: Yeah, join yeah. the club <laughs> <laughs> yeah quite but on that, that controversial result one, I mean I was on the fourth but um, I, I mean it seemed a bit bizarre that they, they banned the jockey for 10 days and yet uh, let him keep the race I didn't quite understand that oh that
4: one yes that one um, well yeah that's the trouble now in my opinion I think it's it's allowed jockeys to ride more dangerously,
3: yeah.
4: Because they're, basically, you keep a horse straight by using the reins, not the stick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The stick, the stick is a help, but the reins are more important. But of course, if you if you correct the horse that's hanging, you slow him up.
0: Yeah.
4: And and what jockeys have done, they've let them carry on hanging and carrying on fast. But of course, they're they're impeding their. Opposite, uh, their rivals. yeah and every sort and you're going to get a nasty accident one day and then everyone will say oh we shouldn't have blowed that you know yeah but the trouble is they are low they allow lower slackening of riding standards because of it mm. I mean basically when you're ride in a race if you keep straight you're safe yeah where yeah. There's, where you when horses get brought down is usually a rider can't hold his horse and he clips heels mm. or not, or the rider in front, Comes off his line and catches another rider. Yeah. So falls are usually caused by two things: by either the horse in behind clipping heels by running to free, or the rider in front has come across someone.
0: You know. But and, I mean, he came across quite quite violently, though I thought, and I'm certainly upset my my fourth fourth place bet. That's for certain.
4: Yeah, well there we are. You know, I mean it, it did, um, and the horse kept the race. Yeah. Um. I personally, if I was in charge, I would let the gambling stand, but I would let the horse lose the prize money and lose his black type.
0: Yeah, yeah, quite.
4: That's what I, that's what I would do. Mm. And because if you if you if you um, disqualified the horse for gambling purposes, then it could be construed to. to did it on purpose so it wouldn't win you
0: know yeah but do you think that the, the, the stewards I mean I know it's a difficult job but do you not think that that it's a bit like football and referees I mean do you not think that there should be more ex-riders that are stewards that, that can add you know the riders perspective to a situation when it adapts you know uh,
4: well there are there are ex-riders there now
0: are there yeah,
4: yeah. yes yes yeah. Well, I mean Steve Drone Steve Drowning he's very good he's 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 recently retired and he he he, he he will become... I think he'll have a big, big thing in it. Um, mm. Very well-spoken, elegant lad. Um, he's a breath of fresh air on the stewards steward on the day. Um, and if you have two... Don't forget, you've got to choose the jockeys you have. Yeah. You know, there's not, not all the jockeys are suitable for it. No, quite. You yeah. know, um, Steve Drown is. Um, you need people who, who aren't biased against certain jockeys. Mm. And sometimes... In the past, rivalries from the track have become rivalries in the storage room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is there has been in the past there has been jockeys who didn't get on, then then be, then got a, a new role, and um, they were a bit harsh on some of their previous uh, uh, competitors.
0: Yeah, yeah.
4: So you've got to be a bit careful like that. You know, it's not all straightforward.
0: No, not um, quite.
4: Nowadays, the professionals the steward in the steward in, in England is good, but they can only go by the rules they're given. Mm, mm. The stewards on the day don't make don't make the rules. You see, no. they can only they can only um, yeah. do what the rules book tells them they
0: can do. Okay, Rod. Thank, thank you very you. much for joining us as usual. Cheers then. Bye bye. Okay. And from Columpton, we head back up towards Warminster now and touch base with Milton Harris, who's very much the man in form. Well, morning, Milton. Um, I hope the uh, hay fever's gone now and you're in a better hey. state. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just looking at your, your record over the last 13 days. It's phenomenal. I mean, you must have the magic touch or something. What are you doing that's so different?
5: I know how well, I, I've, as I've said, I think, many times you. I've got a very good unit of people, team people. We've recruited some nice horses. We've got good owners. It's just a team effort. That's all it is. It's a, the trainer is, just, I don't know, allegedly in charge, but you yeah. can't do this without team of people around
0: you. No, quite. But, I mean, you know, look at it. You've got one, two, three, four, five winners in the last, what, ten days or so. I mean... A bit of beginner's luck. Oh, I'd hardly call you a beginner. <laughs> okay, well, I wish
5: I was a bit younger and be a beginner. There you are, but you can't have, you can't have a bit of wisdom and uh, and youth, can you? It's hard to compare to get the two together.
0: Yeah, quite. No, you're right. Um, you've got quite a few runners scheduled to go out maybe on Sunday. Um, can you tell us if any of them are a good thing?
5: I wouldn't say good things. Um, we, we've got, um, well, Sunday we've got the two brothers, DH and presenting eights, both entered at um, Carmel. Mm-hmm. Um, They're quite similar in in stature. They're not overly big. Uh, A bit different in character. Misty Yates would be more tenacious than presenting Yates, although both would be... They both won, I think, four races and three races, respectively. And the other brother... I trained the mother, so I know the family. Yeah. And the other brothers won as well, um, so the whole family are winners. They just could do with being a hand bigger. Right. But we also have... um, we, we, what else have we got entered? Uh, so, Sunday we've got Cartmouth. We've got um, a flat horse, sister and brother going to Windsor. He's pretty consistent, runs well, jumps really well. So, he's entered for a hurdle race at Stratford, but I, he'll go on the flat once more for the owner, and then we'll go jumping I'd say I need to convince the owner who's more of a flat man.
0: Yeah, and then you've got uh, Sergeant,
5: you Yeah, Sergeant um, is a nice horse, and he's better than his handicap, Mark. We're just trying to find the right race. Like, it's a race cut up he might run. If not, he'd wait another few days and try and run him later in the week. But I'm hoping to get him into one of the better handicap hurdles yeah. at the end of the summer that they have at uh, Mark Raisin and Newton Abbott. But he needs to win a few, couple of races to get there. Um, I've got Goldwing over hurdles the first time at Stratford. She jumps well. She ran a nice satisfactory flat run for us last week, finished fifth or sixth, only beaten four lengths. I expect her to run well at Stratford um, on, I think it's Tuesday. Tuesday, it? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we've got no, we've got a few to run, and um, look, we're starting to get as silly as it sounds. We're we're sort of um, mid to late June. On July the tenth, all of our national hunt horses come back in, which will mean we're chock a block again with um, mm-hmm. plenty of horses. You know.
0: Soon goes by, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
5: 45 years ago, or 40 years, certainly 40 years ago, so. Yeah. No, life goes by, and these are parts of um, your youth growing up and meeting different people and, you know, carrying vent on the sh- cruise ships, and they're all just different times of life. So um, yeah, we all move on. Well, it's, it's,
0: uh, look, thanks very much for talking to us, and I'll uh, I'll hopefully give you a call next week if that's all right. That's no problem at all. Lovely job. Thanks, Milton. Thanks
1: Appreciate it. Thanks very much.
0: Bye-bye right. then. Thank you. Well, that was Milton Harris up at uh, Warminster, so... Uh, a very successful season for him at the moment. And, uh, I'm sure it'll continue to go forward. Now it's time to touch base with our friendly jockey, Nick Schofield. Well, Nick, good of you to join us on the show again. How are things with you? Bit quiet. Yeah, good. Thank you. Um,
6: yeah, been tipping away again this week. Had a winner at, um, Newton Abbott on horse trained by Henry Oliver in the chase. Um, Kilcrest Moon. So that was nice. Um, and then yeah, now a few days off, and um, my birthday's on Saturday. So, um, and then I think probably go racing on Sunday to Toxteth.
0: Right, okay. Now tell me, as a a, a jump jockey, uh, you specialise in jump racing, obviously. Um, how do you think Royal Ascot compares to Cheltenham?
6: Uh, it's right out there, isn't it? I haven't. You, you have to say it's a very special meeting yeah for in his own, you know for obvious reasons but um I don't think you can compare royal Ascot to anything just through the the fundamentals of the royal family I've had so much to do with it and the international um look to it so um yeah it's probably two different things really but um they're very very successful and a good publicity for racing.
0: Have you ever been to Royal Ascot as a spectator?
6: Yeah, 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 yeah. Many and times. Too.
0: Enjoyable then?
6: Uh, yes, it is, it's certainly it's always you know, a good day out as everyone else knows, and um, yeah, and the race in his top
0: class. But but you know, I mean, there are two major horse racing meetings. Obviously, one's jumps, one's flat. But um, you know, in terms of. Of The attendances, they seem to to you know rival each other. I suppose the fact that, that Royal Ascot's five days rather than, I think, Cheltenham's four, isn't it? Um, it it's, you know, but it's a fantastic uh, occasion, isn't it? It sort of shows British sport off to its best, I think.
6: Yeah, in, internationally, it's so well known. So, um, yeah, it's certainly, it's, you know, very good. And the weather was with everyone this, this year. So, um, you know, another good, good good thing for racing I guess
0: yeah do you think uh, um, it's sort of when these Wesley Ward comes over with his uh, his, and the Australian one as well uh, why is it the American horses don't do so well I mean I know Wesley Ward's had a few winners over the years but he certainly didn't do very well this year although the Australian horse did what do you think what's the difference do you think if there is any difference Um, probably they they, it's hard to
6: explain but they have different things they can run with like basic nutrition that they're allowed to in America which they're not allowed in England just through yeah, uh, not bad things but just things that can increase performance maybe they can't just have that extra bit because we seem to struggle when we go to America so um maybe that's you know partly the reason but he's been successful in the past so it's probably not just that but um it's um you know, horse racing getting so you know, improving every year on year and um, so are the horses and the breeding and you know you, it's a real high standard now
0: well, I suppose the sight of Nick Schofield at Royal Ascot with Top and Towers that must be a bit of a sight to behold as well isn't it? Yeah luckily everyone looks similar we all look
6: like penguins
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good so um, you talked to Sunday you say uh, Nick much then the following week?
6: Yeah I might have a few next week um Monday Southern. Yeah. Uh, I think Worcester on Wednesday or Tuesday Stratford. Yeah, so um tipping away, but it's, it's a quiet time of year, so we're yeah. we're on downtime really.
0: Well I think you know you deserve it for Christ's sake, you, you do enough driving around and everything else. It's uh, mm-hmm. only fair that you should have a bit of time off, I think. Yeah, yeah. Good. Well thanks for joining us, Nick, and uh we'll be yeah, looking out you. for you next week and uh good luck to have some more winners. Yeah, and have a good week everyone and you, thanks mate, cheers for now well that was Jockey Nick Schofield enjoying a few well earned days off uh, in this quieter time of the season but of course he nipped in with the winner last week so keep them coming Nick well now it's time to catch up with Richard Phillips our flat racing expert and he's going to have a look at the Irish Derby amongst other things well good afternoon Richard, how are you today? Not too bad
7: Adrian. not too bad at all thank you hope you're well
0: Yeah not too bad all all a bit of anti climax this week i hate it when you've had a royal ascot and and suddenly it's gone and you know you're back to sort of the stark realities of uh, nothing special happening sort of thing but we have got the irish derby and we can look back on the um, on the uh, royal ascot meeting as well so um over to you mr starter as they say
7: Absolutely. Well, Royal Ascot was a great meeting as ever. It's the greatest flat meeting in the world and the best horses in the world racing together. There were lots of highlights, but uh, I think we discussed a few of them last week. But uh, Arthur, of course, in Spiral, was very impressive. Yeah. Uh, when the coron- coronation stakes for um, Frankie the Tory on board for John Gosden, there's been a bit of um, discussion publicly about, I mean, a lot of criticism from mr Gosden about mr torrey's riding especially of stradivarius and also the queen's runner uh, so um yeah it's noticeable he's not riding for him uh, he's not riding for the, mr Gosden on saturday which is um uh, a strange one as it were so maybe that um, combo is not turning out to be too good at the moment but anyway it was in spiral was incredible because um, she looked as though she could beat the colts when she takes them on because she was unbeaten last year, and then she had a little bit of problem earning in the season, missed the guineas. But my God, she was impressive at and She looks for something special, and also perfect power. Lovely to see that one win for Richard Farhi um, in the Commonwealth Cup. Naval Crown went one on Saturday for James Thor for the Dolphin, uh, and Broom upset the um, Hurricane Lane, who very good three-year-old from last year as well. So it's a fascinating end of the. Into the year meeting as well. So, last week was fascinating stuff for any lover of flat racing, and um, there were some really standout horses there. And I think um, there'll be lots of further great races as the season develops, especially in Spiral taking on possibly Caribous and other Milers as well. So um, that was great. But yeah, we've got the Irish Derby on Saturday, and the interesting thing is that Aidan O'Brien has entered Tuesday, a filly in the race, the winner of the Oaks. Who I think anyone who's listening to our little weekly chat will know that Tuesday has been mentioned a fair few times before it would run in the Guineas or before it had run in the Oaks and hopefully a few are on at a reasonable price and Tuesday is favourite now for the Irish Derby. Not many finnies take on the Colts in the Irish Derby but um, um, Aidan O'Brien saying this horse is improving all the time physically and literally her, birth, her third birthday I think was Oaks Day so Tuesday's favourite. Westover who came third in the Derby looked a bit unlucky running on behind Desert Crown. He's second favourite I think it's between the two of them
0: before you move on from Royal Ascot um, the, the one thing that struck me about Royal Ascot was that I was I was sat there watching it on the telly and I got to day four and this was obviously before in Spiral and I thought Frankie Dettori hasn't won a race yet and, and it was just unreal You're, you know I mean I know it's been documented that he wasn't riding that well but was it was the fact that he hadn't got a winner the fact that he was riding badly or was it just that the horses were out of form well it's
7: always a combo I think um, very much anyone who rides a horse knows that confidence is a big thing especially when you're riding as a professional jockey and um, things weren't going right early in the week for Frankie he was getting um, sort of stuck in on a rail and that's partly luck you could be a great race rider but if things don't go your way in, in the map of the race, as it were, uh, it can um, it can lead to you actually not winning a race that you should have won. Uh, Stradivarius, I know there's um, been a lot of conjecture, a lot of people writing about it, but um, so to be fair, Frankie Torre said he had plenty of time to pick up two furlongs out. So Stradivarius, according to Frankie, uh, could have got there if he if he had plenty of time to do it. But you know, Stradivarius is not getting any younger. He's now an eight-year-old. And um, he just didn't quite have the legs for the final furlong. So you can see both sides of the argument, but uh, there's certainly been a lot of discussion about the way Frankie's been riding. Yeah. Uh, but he came put on his spiral. He came from literally last to first, and um, you know he's one of the greatest jockeys of all time, no doubt about that. But um, you know some things in sport don't always go right.
0: No, that's right. But going back to the, sorry, I cut in the middle of when you were going on about the Derby. Uh, has he got anything in the Derby, Frankie?
7: Um, I don't believe he's uh, there on Saturday now. I think he's riding at Newmarket.
0: Oh, right. OK. OK. So, um, yeah, going back to the, the Irish Derby on Tuesday, you know, you were saying about, what? any other sort of fancies in there?
7: Well, there's an outsider called Lionel who is trained by David Minussier. He's a
0: Frenchman who's done uh, very well
7: with his horses. And uh, it's owned by um, the great people, the Coopers, and bred by them as well. And, and Philippa Cooper... From Normandy Stud. He's uh, always names and interesting names like Lionel and Nigel and things like that. So, yeah. so Lionel looks very progressive horse. And according to Dame Minuccio, he's greatly respected. He thinks he's got a real good chance at the Curragh. The Curragh is a very uh, galloping track. It's a real a mile and a half, and it, you really have to stay the Irish Derby course. And uh, it does suit some horses, especially sort of strong gallo- gallopers. So hopefully Lionel's one of them and will put up a good run. But Tuesday and Westover look like the ones that they, they all have to beat.
0: Westover, of course, was, was you know, have to say fairly unlucky. I mean, um, you know, she, she's got a good chance.
7: No, at, at Epsom he was unlucky, yes. Yeah. So um, I would have thought Westover had a really good chance. But Colin Keane now rides. Um, Rob Hornby, uh, who rides for Rafe Beckett, his trainer, um, they've decided... Um, the owners Judmont to put on colin keen who's ridden many group winners for them in ireland so
1: yeah. uh, he
7: takes the road from Westover, and uh, according to connections um the galloping mile and a half course of the Curra will suit Westover a lot
0: better and yeah he'll be a hard horse to beat so looking looking forward uh, richard is there any other big races coming up shortly well we've got the eclipse coming at the beginning
7: of july the stand down of course the the golden race of the summer for me is the King George VI and Queen Elizabeth Diamond Stakes, uh, which is run at uh, Ascot um, towards the end of July. So that's when the three-year-olds and the four-year-olds take each other on as well over a mile and a half. They also do that in the Eclipse. But the mile and a half, you know, mid-summer, um, based classic horses take on group horses, and and hopefully that will be a great race. But, yeah, there's, there's lots to look forward to this summer. But uh, the main thing is that the... You know what now out the way there's so many good horses coming out there baid etc Baid's rated the best horse in the world at the moment he was most impressive winning over a mile but he might well step up to a mile and a quarter which is of course the um the Judmont stakes at york which is uh mid-august so there's a hell of a lot of good racing to come this this flat racing season and uh it's really building up and there's some been some outstanding performances but we're looking to. A, See a few of the horses taking each other on, including Inspiral Philly taking on the Colts at some stage.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you very much for that, Richard. Um, we will look forward to next week, and we will speak to you then. No problem, Agent. Thank you, you very much indeed, Richard. Cheers for now. Thank you. Cheers. Thank Bye-bye. you. Well, that was Richard Phillips, our flat-racing expert, uh, looking back on uh, Royal Ascot and looking forward to the derby at the Curragh. So thank you to Richard. And now we're going to catch up with Dave Wilson at Harlequin Racing. Well, good evening, Dave. How are you today? Very well, Adrian. Had a
8: lovely, uh, relaxing couple of days after Ascot, and uh, we've got the Northumberland Festival going on at the moment, and uh, interesting to see that Trushan's going to be carrying 10 stone, eight, plus the additional eight pounds which the jockeys carry, and... With their back protectors and everything else, and that's going to be a true test of uh, stamina in that race for him at New- uh, Newcastle on Saturday. But yeah. we're going to have a look at three races over at Newmarket, and then we're going to have a look at three races over at the Carroll where we've got the Irish Derby on. And in uh, the first one, we're going to have a look at Newmarket. It's two oh five. It's a Class One listed event, and we're going to go up with Lizu. And it's going to be ridden by Frankie de and trained by Rafe Beckett. Now, Frankie de is riding this one for Marco Chan, who's a very good friend of his. And it's interesting to see that at the moment it looks like Frankie and the Gosden team are going to be passing company. Uh, the betting from Betfair suggests that Holly Doyle is going to be taking the hot seat, which was Frankie de Torre's <laughs> after a few poor rides that the Royal Ascot Festival and a few uh, things that Mr. Gosden said on the TV when he was interviewed that he didn't agree with the way that some of the horses were ridden by Frankie and he hadn't followed the instructions so it, 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 it's, it's a little bit up in the air as we speak at the moment, it's only just all coming to light
1: but mm-hmm. so,
8: uh, the Clarehaven Stables have certainly dropped him off the horses this weekend mm-hmm. and uh, it'll be interesting to see if he does get back on them or if uh, As the betting and the money suggests, Holly Doyle's going to be taking the hot seat there. So We'll have to wait and see. One, two,
0: three.
8: Yeah, so Holly Doyle's taking the hot seat over from Frankie at the moment, and uh, obviously the betting suggested that as well. And uh, it was interesting to see that Frankie hadn't had a winner until Inspire won at Royal Ascot. But as you know, I used to work with Frankie quite a lot when I was working for the Shakes and that. Hmm. And he's a good friend of mine, but boy, did he have some poor rides at Royal Ascot. and hmm. I can see why the the hammer's beckoning above his head, and I think it's going to fall on him, and I think it's going to be a change of regard at the Gosling Stables, so uh, yeah. it interesting to see what happens. But Anyway, back to this weekend's racing, as we say, the 2.05 at Newmarket, Class 1 listed event, and we'd like the chance this year of Lazoo, Going to be ridden by Frankie Dettori, trained by Rafe Beckett, and it's Marco Chan's horse, who's a very, very good friend of Frankie's. And uh, this fella, he's had one run today and he won nicely, and he was ridden by Hector Crouch that day, and he beat a horse of Rod Millman's called Cuban Mistress. Now, Cuban Mistress has come out and won at Sandown, or had won at Sandown previously, sorry, and uh, she looked to be uh, a very nice type. So, Lezou making his uh, race course debut and managing to beat her was a very good... Uh, bit of form but as we're saying, we say and we say quite often two-year-old form is like a pinch of dust and it can be very good or it can be up in the air all over the show but this fella's priced up at nine to two at the moment and they're paying three places each way but we're looking for a little bit of five to one to have an each way bet if it remains nine to do it's it's an up in the air if you want to have an each way bet or not but Lazoo in uh, 205 at Newmarket's is the first one for us okay Moving down to the new market to forty race, a horse uh, called Stole uh, going to be ridden by Rab Havlin, trained by Tron and Fady Gosden. Just a rough sort in the Frankie's wounds. I think this fella's going to win. Now this is one that he did give a poor ride to at Ascot last week, and uh, as you say, he finished sixth in the Copper Horse and he raced wide he was raced out the back he he was undecided if he'd get the trip or not he didn't seem to get the trip and he's going to be dropped back in distance by two furlongs now over the one mile four we run max vega to two and a quarter lengths and lsa to four lengths so i think the extra distance didn't suit him and the way that frankie didn't get the run on him and held him out wide on the track as well didn't suit but he's priced up at 7-2, to two, and again, we're looking for a 4-1 to one. We'll have an each-way bet on him here. So that's Newmarket, market two forty Stoll.
0: Right. Of course, Stoll was uh, bred, I'm pretty sure, I say this, over at uh, Stoll, which is um, just outside Temple Coombe. Um, yeah. Bob, Bob McCreary used yeah. to run it over there, uh, I think I'm right in yeah. saying. So, uh, yeah, I'm almost certain it was. So, uh, yeah. OK, so yeah. where are we going to now, then?
8: We're going down to the 3.15 at Newmarket here, and one that we did back last week called Base Player. Now, he was subject to a big gamble last week, and he's owned by a host of celebrities, Vinnie Jones being one of them. Uh, this film is going to be ridden by Jack Mitchell and trained by Tom Clover. Now, he won on his debut very cosily, and he was stepped up Derby week and raced in a Class uh, 1 listed event, I think it was, or, or a bit higher than that, uh, Epsom, and... Coming down the home straight, the camber of a track at Epsom didn't suit him, and he was hanging against his jockeys, so he lost his chance. Him and his jockey was having a fight in the saddle about the way they was going to go, and he just ended up finishing third. But I think there's a lot more to come from this horse yet. He, he did impress me when he won on his debut, and he did impress me again at Epsom. A lot of horses can't run at that track at Epsom because it cambers in from the middle of a track to the... Far side fence, and it does put horses off the way they run. So, as I say, like, he, he's going to be a big price. He's about sixteen or ish, or a little bit bigger as we speak. And we're going to have an each way bet on him in there. So uh, that's base player in three fifteen at Newmarket. Righty, huh? Now we're going to jump on the aeroplane and we're going to shoot over to uh, Dublin. And we've got three for a current for you. And we're going to start off there with a three oh five and the horse that we like in here is called Shar Tash, going ridden by Ben Cohen and he's trained by uh, Johnny Murta. Now he got beat on his debut by tough talk and he finished about two lengths behind Little Big Bear. Now Little Big Bear come out and won the Windsor Castle very easily at Royal Ascot last week and uh i would expect to be a lot of improvement from this fellow and he come out and he won next time out and he beat uh one way O'Brien's called age of kings he was very well backed uh royal ask but didn't perform now that was over five furlongs and he won that in a photo finish and a stepping up to six and i think that will suit chartash and uh He'll improve as well. He's only had the two races, and Johnny Murtagh wouldn't have had him fully wound up to his very best early on in his career like that. So he has certainly step up each time he comes to a track. He's priced up at around about 3 to 1 at the moment, and I think he's worth having a small win bet on him there. But it is a very high-class race, and whoever wins that one is going to be a serious horse come next year. So uh, just keep an eye on that one. So it's a Curra 305, Chartash. Right. All right. We move down to the 3.45. This is the Irish Derby. Now, the horse I really, really fancy, and this one is called Westover. He's taking on the Epsom Oaks winner Tuesday. Now, Colin Keane's taking over the ride from uh, Rob Hornby for Ralph Beckett on this one. Now, this horse is the one that flashed home in the Epsom Derby, got stuck at the two furlong pole and behind a wall of horses, at a check-up, and there's uh, a crown was gone by that time he was about 10 lengths in front of him but once this horse Westover got loose inside that final furlong he was going twice as fast as any other horse in the race come the winning line and he only got beat two and a bit if he'd got a run early on I think he could have very easily given Desert Crown a very good race and may well have beat him but it'd be interesting to see how he goes with the Irish leading the, the leading Irish champion jockey on board Colin Keane and uh if he gets a clear run it'd be interesting to see what he can do but I think he's a serious horse away that he runs in, uh, in the English derby and obviously he's gone over for the Irish derby so that's the 3.45 Westover, and he's so priced up at around about 7
0: to 4 at the moment and you don't fancy Tuesday then because I was listening to the Sporting Life later uh, earlier on and they were all going on about Tuesday with him
8: no I think Emily Upjohn would have given her a Stuffing in if she'd come out of the stalls and started that race on level terms at Epsom mm. and I don't think that that sort of form sticks up to the Colts I, I seriously don't it's not a horse that I'd certainly be trying to have a bet on it is Tuesday, I, I really think that Westover could have won the Derby and if you if you ever say to me would the Derby and the Epsom winners take each other on, who would you back be he's in the Derby winner every time
0: Fair so, comment then, uh, Yeah Fair That's comment. my
8: opinion, and I think Westover was very unlucky not to win the derby. Yeah. And I backed Desert Crown as you know. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's just one of them. So. Right. Anyway, we have to move on down to the last race on the, we've got for you for the weekend and it's the Curra four no idea how to pronounce this one. Ake Brian Moore is riding it, my favourite jockey, and Aidan O'Brien's trainer. is he's, he's got some solid form, he had two two fourth places in Group 3 and Group 1 company last year. Now, he come over to Royal Ascot and he running in the St. James Palace Stakes, and he, he never got involved. He was never involved in the race. He got be 11.5 lengths or something. Looked like he needed to run, had to run, got it under his belt, and I think you're going to see a completely different horse in this 4.20 race at Recover on Saturday. Uh, he's priced up around about 13 to 2. He's been dropped down two grades from a Group 1 down to a Group 3 again and uh, I think it's a tremendous each-way bet, and that's eight how in uh, 4.20 at the Curra there.
0: OK, thank you very much, David. So it all seems a little bit anti-climax this weekend, doesn't it, with uh, Royal Ascot finishing, but I suppose we can, we've can we got the Currague and we've got the Irish Derby, so we've got to make ourselves thankful for that, really.
8: Yeah, it'll all be coming round shortly, and it'll all be... Uh... Back to the national hunt shortly as well. Yeah. A few of mine are all leaving the, the grassy paddocks and going back into training next week. Uh, the 3rd of July, I think, the third batch of them come out of the fields, as they say, once they've been put to grass for a little while. And then they go back into the training with Paul Nichols, Nicky Henderson and the likes of that. And then the week after, there's another batch coming out, and I think that'll be the majority of them back into the spring of the training and getting ready for October time, which isn't too far away now, when they'll all be back over the national hunt and the flat will all be finished again. And it, it doesn't seem like yesterday that the whole season has really just got underway.
0: No, that's so, right. Uh, you did right. We go. no, it's, uh...
8: but we've got glorious Goodwood and a few other festivals to look forward to yet, and uh, we'll see how we get on. But good luck, everybody, and just remember, if it's a two-year-old Grace... That form could be a pinch of salt or a pinch of dust or whatever it is. So just be careful with uh, the youngsters and the way they behave. So
0: have
8: a good weekend and uh, we'll be back next week for you.
0: Thank you very much, Dave. We'll speak to you next week. Right, well, now we've got a message for Mary. Mary, don't panic, but Colin's not here today. He's had to go to Italy where his son is getting married. So we've been very lucky in that Simon Holt has stepped into the breach. And here's what Simon thinks about the coming weekend's racing. Well, good morning, Simon. Thank you very much for stepping into the breach while Colin uh, goes and does the marriage route over in Italy.
9: He's not getting married himself. <laughs> it's uh, it's his son,
0: isn't it? Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, nice weather over there, I'm sure. So um, all we've got is rain and drizzle this morning. I don't know what you've got over in Brighton. Yes. But...
9: It's a bit overcast, a little bit of light drizzle down here in the southeast. Um So it's not the best day, you know, um, but it won't affect the racing surface up at Newcastle because, of course, it's on the all-weather, the Tapita surface for the the Jennings Bet
0: Northumberland Plate. So where are we going to go today, uh, then, Simon? You say Newcastle, Newmarket and the Curragh, was it?
9: Yeah, let's have a chat about um, Newcastle, first of all. I mean, Mm -hmm. the Northumberland Plate is a really iconic race in the northeast of the country and... uh, it's always been known as the Pittman's Derby, and it's a very competitive two-mile handicap. And uh, it's got a, a very unusual scenario. Well, I say unusual because it was the same last year. We've got a horse called Trushan, who's probably the best stayer in the country in under the right conditions. He yeah. needs a bit of cut in the ground. And with a second year running, he's carrying top weight in the Northumberland plate. Very unusual these days to see a horse of this quality a genuine group one horse running in a handicap. It used to happen a lot more often in the past, but nowadays it's a real rarity. And he's got a big task. He's got to carry 10 stone eight. He's rated 120. He's giving weight, lumps of weight all round. But he didn't run too badly in the race last year under a similar scenario. he's He's only two pounds higher this time. He wasn't beaten that far in sixth place. And this time, he's got Holly Doyle in the saddle. He was claimer-ridden last year, and Holly has won six times on True Shan from seven mounts. So you couldn't quite rule it out. It'd be a magnificent achievement. It'll be the, the best weight-carrying performance on the flat for a very long time. Uh, the historians probably could find one further back. I think there was a horse rated much higher that did uh, concede uh, carry top weight in a a handicap to win, but um, anyway, I'd love to see him win, but I have to say that getting a lot of weight down towards the bottom is a horse called One Smooth Operator, who I think is quite uh, progressive, he's relatively lightly raced compared to some of the other horses, and he's trained by Brian Ellison, that uh, very good dual-purpose trainer, Uh, Geordie Bourne trains in Moulton, and it's always been his ambition to win the big race that he grew up watching. And uh, I think he's got a chance here with one smooth operator who had some good form on the track earlier in the year. And then last time out, ran in a listed race at York and really faced a stiff task at the weights. And he ran creditably. He probably would have finished fifth of the sixth rather than sixth of the sixth, um, had his rider not been a bit easy on him in the closing stages. He's ridden by Ben Robinson, who won the race last year on Nicholas T., so Ben's looking for a fairly remarkable double up here um, to win two Northumberland plates two years running is is some achievement. So I'm going to go for one smooth operator for the Brian Ellison team. He's not a big price. He's um, in the leading five or six in the betting seven to one. Um, lots of. Nice horses up against him. Roginski's been running very well. was fourth last year. Island Brave was third last year behind Nicholas T. They've got chances. And quite a few others like Spirit Mixer. And Summer's Night for Sir Mark Prescott, who's having a pretty quiet time. But this is quite a useful horse uh, in the hands of Luke Morrow. So uh, uh, a typically competitive Northumberland plate.
0: Okay, fine.
9: We've also got on the card... Um, the Group 3 Chip Chase Stakes, and uh, this looks pretty tight. Uh, William Haggis' horse, uh, Sense of Duty, is going to go our favourite here. And uh, this uh, filly, she's won three of her four races so far, including at Haydock last time, uh, where she beat Floatus and Benefit, and both of those have boosted the form since. Floatus uh, ran very well at Ascot in the Commonwealth Cup, finished third there, and ben- Benefit has since won... Um, a decent prize at Salisbury and that was a a listed race so the form working up really well so sense of duty looks a a pretty strong favorite just say that um, when when she won last time out the William Haggis team were absolutely on fire they're just not quite hitting the target with such regularity now but um, she looks a a pretty good filly I'd give a chance to um, both Glenn Sheel who's Got a good chance on the ratings, likes the track hasn't quite rocked onto his best so far this season. Holly Doyle again in the saddle, and Ed Rock for the Mick Appleby team who has got very solid form on this surface He's course and distance winner and uh, went very close on the all weather finals day. And now wears cheap pieces for the first time. So I give Ed Rock a chance as well. So that's the um, the chip chase uh, stakes. There is a consolation race for the Northumberland plate. That's called the Northumberland Vase, again, sponsored by Jennings bet. And it looks wide open with the exception possibly of the top weight evaluation, who, is a stayer seemingly going places he's won all four of his starts so far this season and his latest win at musselburgh was won in easy fashion he's a beautifully bred horse because he's by dubawi out of the queen's gold cup winner estimate so he's certainly bred to stay extremely well he was quite a cheap horse um, Earlier on in his career, but he's got a great pedigree. And he's he's finally um, beginning to live up to his pedigree. Perhaps he's just been a bit of a, a slow developer, but uh, the evaluation may well go in again there in that um, Northumberland vase at uh, Newcastle.
0: Okay, fine.
9: So the other the other um, meetings of note tomorrow: a lot of small fields at Newmarket, which is a bit of a surprise. Um, and it's becoming a big issue in racing. The interesting race, though, is the Criterion Stakes. Uh, this is a Group Three race, and it involves a few horses who fought out the finish of the John of Gaunt Stakes at Haydock uh, in the, at the end of May. Uh, Pogo won that day. Lanner Cash was second, beaten a nose, and Sunray Major was only a neck and a head away back in fourth. And Sunray Major, I think, could turn the tables because uh, he was a bit slowly away from a wide draw. He was quite detached in the early stages and then didn't get the best of runs up the home straight. It, again, it wasn't perhaps one of Frankie Tory's finest hours. And, uh, of course, Frankie is being replaced on Sunray Major. This is a big uh, news story of the week, really. Sunray Major will be ridden by James Doyle uh, in the Criterion Stakes at Newmarket. We don't know for sure at the moment, but, um, you know, people are beginning to think that um, there might be a parting of the ways between the Gosdens and and Frankie de Torre, which could actually signal the end of Frankie's very long and successful career. But we don't know that yet. But it's uh, certainly uh, significant that he's not aboard the uh, Gosden horses. This weekend, but uh, I thought Sunray Major um, was a bit unfortunate that day, and uh, he's a he's a fine specimen actually, and he's long promised to be a good horse, and uh, I think he might just be able to turn the tables on uh, on those other horses from the John of Gaunt at uh, Haydock. The other races have been a bit disappointing, although the Phillies race, the two-year-old race. Looks very strong indeed. There's a lot of previous uh, winners in this. Um, Minnetonka was very impressive first time out for Richard Hannon um, at uh, Salisbury. And Malresha for uh, the prolific George Bowie team has uh, got some very good form as one. Uh, Her last two races at Hamilton and Lingfield in good style. There's a lot of uh, uh, winners in this, and I think we'll just uh, learn a bit as uh, to uh, where the pecking order is a bit. Lazoo was another nice winner, first time out for the Rafe Beckett team at Bath. Uh, It's probably a race to watch rather than have a bet in, I think, because uh, it's a race that that we might learn something from from. And um, then there's the Fred Archer stakes at um, Newmarket as well. Another small field, uh, Frankie Dettori replaced by Robert Havlin on Stoll. Stoll didn't run too badly at Ascot but not for the first time. Looked a little bit weak at the finish there. Uh, Charlie Appleby's got two runners. Kamari who uh, won the Queen's Vars at the Royal Ascot meeting last season. just been a bit disappointing since Rebels Romance, who's got some very good foreman in, indeed. And Universal Order for the David Simcock team. I thought this horse ran very well um, at Haydock last time out when beaten by a progressive handicap called Contact. And uh, Universal Order could just be hitting the peak, having had a long layoff between September of 2020 and May of this year. So it looks like he's coming back uh, to something like his form despite obviously maybe having had a few um, injury problems and I'll just close um, Ad with a little bit of reference obviously to the big race in Ireland which is the Dubai Duty Free Irish Derby and this sees a really fascinating clash between the Derby third Westover and the Oaks winner Tuesday. Now I think that the last Oaks winner to win the Irish Derby was Salsa Bill. Do you remember her? She was a terrific filly, trained by John Dunlop. And, and Tuesday will be getting her female sex allowed She gets three pounds from Westover. It's very hard to compare the form. Of the Oaks and the Derby, they they save a bit of ground on the inside for Derby Day, so you can't really compare the times very easily. But West Over, as we all saw behind uh, Desert Crown in the Derby, did look a little bit unlucky in running, and I think would have been a clear second had he not uh, faced some interference about a furlong and a half, two furlongs out. Um, his jockey that day, Rob Hornby, has been replaced by Colin Keane, which has uh, caused a little bit of controversy. Um, because uh, Rob has ridden Westover in um, his races so far, but Colin Keane does have um, an attachment to the Judmont ownership. So he comes in for the Mount, and of course he probably knows the Currer a lot better than Rob Holby. but it is a bit tough on Rob Holby. I don't think he did much wrong in the Derby, just didn't get lucky. As for Tuesday, well, she got that narrow win over Emily Upjohn in the Oaks. Very narrow indeed. And, a lot has been said about her age because she was only just three on Oaks Day. So she's a very young filly and therefore I think entitled to make a good deal of, of improvement from from the Oaks. And uh, she could just be one of these uh, three-year-olds that Aidan O'Brien typically does well with, that just improves throughout the season. She's stayed the trip very well, having run in uh, the Guineas at New uh, New Market and the Irish Guineas as well. So she jumped up from a mile to a mile and a half in the Oaks and she saw it out very well. She had a better run round than Frankie de did on Eppley, Emily up, John, but um, there was nothing in it at, at the line and she just got the nod really. But so it's a fascinating clash, a, a, a battle of the sexes, so to speak, really between Westover and Tuesday. I think the curra will suit Westover. I think the, the flat track, big wide flat track will really suit him. He's a, he's a very big horse. And I think uh, he will be suited by the course, just as he's been at Sandown in his best form so far. He's had two wins at Sandown. And uh, that's again, is a a really, you know, good galloping track. So um, I would marginally favour Westover. It's it's a fantastic clash. Um, You've also got Piz Badil in the race, who was unplaced in the derby, but um, uh, still has potential. And David Manussier has a horse called Lionel, who is up in class, it has been showing a lot of promise and won a Listed race at Goodwood last time out. Is highly regarded horse and and David thinks that uh, the track will suit him. But he has got a lot to find. It should really rest between Westover and Tuesday.
0: Well, it sounds like a, a you know a really really exciting race in the prospect there. Um, just just going back to Newmarket, Simon. Um, you know, obviously there's all this speculation surrounding Frankie. Um, do you not think uh, he's going to be wanting to put put one over on everybody in uh, in the two o five on lazoo <laughs> Well, yeah, I
9: think it. I think the owner of Lazoo is an old friend of his because he's uh, a man called Mark Shan, and he owns a horse called Kinross that Frankie's ridden before. And um, Frankie tends to ride his horses when he's available, and um, it would be a sweet victory, I am sure, if mm. uh, lazoo won that race. It it is potentially such a big story in racing because Frankie de Tori is the most well known jockey really, isn't he? Yeah. And yeah. In, in certainly in flat racing. We had AP McCoy over jumps, but but on the flat, Frankie de Tori is is a name that people that don't really follow horse racing would have heard of. And of course he's he's lit up many a big meeting. He there are two Frankies. There is the exuberant extrovert and there's also the, the guy that gets a bit down on himself, which he attests to his his Latin background, and I'm sure he can be probably quite difficult to be around, you know, when things aren't going well. Apparently he's disappeared to his homeland of Sardinia this week after a mostly difficult Royal Ascot, though he did win on in spiral in the coronation stakes uh but even then he, he got a little bit lucky because it looked turning for home so he might not get a run but there have been a few foul ups you know there was emily up john who didn't get out of the stalls at, um, at epsom i mentioned sunray major earlier on it it wasn't the best ride and then of course perhaps about the, the highest profile failure was his ride on stradivarius yeah and yeah. and also for being unable to remove the hood from Lord North before the Prince of Wales is safe so so the the errors have been mounting up a little bit most unusually because he's a brilliant rider and he's always been a great big race rider i've mm. always I've always admired his his riding actually um though recognizing that he's not always the easiest person perhaps to get on with but I'll just say something actually that just occurs to me because before the Oaks. I was just uh, from my position on top of the stands, at the back of the stands. i like to look at the horses in the paddock from the top of the stands. And the body language, this was just before the Oaks, between John Gosden and Frankie Tory was distinctly negative. And they, they had some sort of conversation. It ended with John Gosden walking away from Frankie, and Frankie didn't follow for a bit. And then he did because he had to get onto the the horse. And there is just a feeling that this has been simmering away for some time, that that relations haven't been as cordial as they were. And you have to remember that John Gosden was really the man that rescued Frankie's career because um, he he obviously won the derby on Golden Horn. But before that, Frankie um, had um, obviously left Godolphin. He wasn't getting so many rides. And it looked as though his big race days were over and, and it was john Gosden that um, that said come and ride for me yeah, and it was a wow. very successful partnership yeah. it's been a very successful partnership for some seasons now i mean uh, golden horns win i can't remember when it what year it was probably 2015 16 something like that yeah and um, and a lot of other really top flight successes um, not least with Enable, of course, brilliant mm. filly. So yeah. it's uh, it's been a very successful partnership, but um, the signs are that it's it's certainly on shaky ground at the moment, if
0: not at an end. You'd think though that uh, you know, okay, you know, he has had a, a bad month or bad week, um, but nonetheless, mm. I mean, surely he's 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 created enough history, winning races to to you know almost have have a free pass if you like um you know based on his his previous success rate well i think
9: even if he lost the um association with john Gosden, i mean he could persevere because he'd still come in for rides in the big races which is what really still turns him on he doesn't really ride midweek very often
0: no so he
9: could do that but um I think, obviously, his chances of winning big races will be diminished because he'll probably be on the second or third string for other main, major owners. He gets rides in France and some of the big races as well. So I I personally just think he's had a bit of a bad run. I, I don't think that his skills have deteriorated greatly. I think he's made a few questionable tactical decisions. But um, equally, I've seen him ride some really nice races as well and he's just had a really bad month you know and uh, he's achieved so much in the sport people will say well yes he's getting on a bit I don't know is he 54 or something like that so you know it's getting getting late he's late into his career whatever but clearly he'd like to continue for another year or so maybe John Gosden is Looking to the future now, you know he's got to find a, a replacement at some stage. Yeah, and yeah. Given, given that relations aren't so good, then maybe that process is alre- already underway. And maybe it was significant that Holly Doyle won the, the Prix de Diane last Sunday on Nashua for the Gosdens.
0: Yeah,
9: uh, she yeah. could be in a in a good position there. She's um, a, a rider that um, Gosden thinks a lot of, admires likes her work ethic completely different sort of character to frankie not not an extrovert not exuberant but she gets the job done she's impressed so many people she's lovely isn't she so um you know maybe maybe she's being groomed as a possible successor she's favorite i mean some of the bookmakers have opened books on who's gonna replace frankie you know and it's a bit premature perhaps but you know the signs are you know there's there's What what could be the reason for him not riding for John Golston this weekend when he's available? You know, in in group races which he would otherwise be in the saddle for the Golston team. So, you have to think that um, the writing might be on the wall.
0: Well, Frankie, if you're listening, we love you. We (laughs) love you. He will be. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just think,
9: yeah. I mean, we just must, yeah, endorse this point that he's been so good for the sport and. um, you know he's a spectacular rider, and uh, and he's been a great personality. I don't want to talk in the past tense; actually, that was wrong. He is a great personality, mm. and uh, whatever happens over the next few days or weeks, where we find out what his future is, you know he he really has lit up flat racing in this country for a long time, and um, and and has probably helped mm. um, infuse. Uh, people that wouldn't have got into racing or wouldn't have watched racing, yeah. you know, and he's yeah, exactly. he's, exactly. he's uh, traversed, you know, from the race course to the public domain, and he's been he's appeared on television a lot and quiz yeah. shows and yeah. all sorts of things, you know, and um, he's had a, a phenomenal career.
0: Well, like I say, yeah. Frankie, there's always a place for you here on Three Valleys Radio on the <laughs> racing show. So, uh, you know, you just give me a well, take. he might. He might go for it. I think he his mentioned recently. He might go
9: for a media career. So, um, well, really quick off, off the yeah, blocks, snap it. him up. I don't know yeah. if you can afford him. No, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I suspect. Um, I sus well, I I suspect IT be are bound to take him on. I mean, it'd be a no-brainer really. But it'd be unfortunate if, um, in in an already crowded team, that. Um, one or two of the others won't get so much work if Frankie comes on board. But, you know, mm. it, it's a no-brainer if he wanted to do it. Yeah. Then they, they'd definitely take him on, wouldn't they?
0: They would. Well, thank you ever so much for today, uh, Simon. It's very good of you. And uh, we'll speak to you again very shortly. Thank you, ady Thanks a lot. Well, there we go. That was Simon Holt from The Sporting Life bringing uh, the show to a close. Um, awful lot of information there, which I hope will provide you with plenty of winners. And like I said, Frankie, if you're listening, mate, you come on Three Valleys Radio. We'd love to have you. But in the meantime, if you want to hear the racing show, don't forget you can get it on our podcast section at uh, www.threevalleysradio.com. And we'll be back same time, same station next week. So until then, thanks for listening. This is 80 Hopper bye for now.